Tyler. Hello. So it looks like Netflix is buying some more stuff. Yeah. $55 million deal. That's, uh, yeah, that's uh, nothing to sneeze about. Quite sizable. Yeah. For Christian Bale's movie that is a gothic horror thriller? I don't know how to feel about like That's quite a way to describe something. Gothic horror thriller. Uh, yeah. I'm just like trying to see what the tagline is here. I don't know if it even... Yeah, I'm not seeing anything that really overly describes what this is. No. But, like, that could be alright. Depending on what it is. Well, I like horror thrillers a lot. And, yeah. I mean, Christian Bale's a pretty solid dude, so... Yeah, so I think this is probably... It'll probably be a no-brainer, but... I just... But good on Netflix, though. Like, it's... Like, they're really fucking ramping up it seems like they've kind of taken notice that uh disney is slowly starting to dominate and amazon is signing massive deals all over the place so they're trying to like ramp up to keep up pace it feels like yeah and i think like i think we talked about this before but like they're seems like they're going like super heavy into movies mm-hmm. or is like it used to just be tv shows right but now it seems like well i mean shit they released what was it like maybe a month or two ago they released that schedule where they're like hey in 2021 there'll be a new movie on netflix every friday yeah right so it's well I, you got to do something now with all these streaming services so well I, I like a lot of the tv shows that netflix has put out i mean they put out a mass amount and a lot of them aren't great but the ones that i've seen anyway that have caught my interest i really enjoyed but I'm all for them pushing for movies over television series for the simple fact that uh, if they do a movie, then it's, it's one and done. Yep. And I would much rather have that than for them to continue on the trend of roping me in with a nice television series and then fucking canceling it after a season or two. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I wish Amazon would buy the society and bring it back to life because fuck me, I'm still sour about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to think if there's been... I don't think I've had like any Netflix show where I was like super butthurt it was cancelled. I'm trying to think. That one I was. I'd be pretty butthurt if they axed Stranger Things, but I can't see that ever happening. No, I think they'll just end that one on whatever note they want to. They'll just be like, hey, this is the last season. But... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good on them for buying stuff. Yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Yeah. It looks like we got Ray Liotta starring opposite Taron Edgerton in an Apple drama, In With the Devil. Yeah, and we had talked about this. I can't remember when, but it was just uh, Taron Edgerton and Paul Walter Hauser, that dude from, uh, oh shit. A Clint Eastwood movie, Security Guard. Yeah, Richard Jewell. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw Ray Liotta in something. Yeah, no, he's like one of those guys who, like, when you see him in stuff, he's always really good at what he does, but he, he he's, I don't know, he's just not, like, 
a big blockbuster kind of guy and he's kind of just fallen off the radar as of recent. I'm sure like if I was to pull up his IMDb, he's probably done probably something like every year, but it's probably smaller indie type stuff. I would imagine. Imagine. Yeah. But this, uh, this looks all right. This show, like adding this is like, that's a good cast. And I kind of like the tagline. So, I just don't like the fact that it's uh, on Apple TV. Yeah. To be completely honest. Yeah, me neither, but... Like, I'm, I still... I it, I mean, I get it's it's Apple, and they've got a like metric fuck-ton of money, so they're not worried about any of this shit, but it still genuinely irritates me that if you want to watch Apple TV, you gotta go to appletv.com through a web browser, or you need an Apple device for a fucking app. Like, the fact that there's no Android apps drives me off the wall. Yeah, especially because, like, if you buy, uh, like, an Amazon Fire Stick, which Mm -hmm. is Android-based, it's got an app for Apple TV on it, but you can't, but I can't get one on my NVIDIA Shield. Oh, I did not know that you can get an Apple TV app on the Fire TV Stick. Yeah. Uh, like you can get it in like even on most of the TVs you can get Apple TV but like they straight up like I don't think you can get it on the shield which I I, I don't get like considering yeah. that like if you were to look at operate cell phone operating systems like over the whole planet and not just like North America like Android dominates the marketplace yeah pretty much so to not have an app that's like on like more than like 65% of like the cell phones on, in the world doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And like, it's especially weird. Cause like I just pulled up like Apple TV, like supported devices and like, you can get Apple TV on Google TV, whatever that is. Google T that's their new Chromecast. Yeah. That runs Android <laughs> on it. Like an Nvidia sheet like that. See, that doesn't make any sense. Like that's no. Android based. Yeah. It is Android. It's Android, but on essentially a Chromecast. Yep. So why in the world is this not just straight up on Android? Yep. I don't. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna leave that one alone because it irritates the hell out of me. Yeah, me too. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll check this out. I mean, Apple TV is kind of hit or miss for me. The stuff I've seen on it, like some of it's really good, and some of it is like. Eh, but and maybe this is good. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and then uh, that kind of just this is kind of a one-off funny story. So, like a week before the Snyder Cut was supposed to come out, uh, Tom and Jerry came out, and a bunch of people clicked on that to watch it, and uh, the Snyder Cut started to play. <laughs> That's quite a blunder. Yeah, yeah, so it was kind of funny. Like, just seeing, like, some people are just like, oh, this Tom and Jerry cut is pretty crazy. That's but, pretty, that's, <laughs> that's a big oopsies. Like, I wonder, yeah, wonder who got a spanking for that one. Yeah, and it, like, it was weird because it seemed like it was only some, like, users were getting it. But, yeah. 
which resulted in like i was reading some reddit threads that like some people like were doing it and like the movie because the snyder cut is like four hours long and tom and jerry's like an hour and a half or something so like the snyder cut would cut off at an hour and a half and people were like backing out of menus and then back into menus to like resume it and like keep watching the four hour cut jesus (laughs) yeah but yeah that's all i just thought this fucking the Snyder Cut just needed one more weird ass fucking story before it came out, I guess. All right then. So yeah. And it looks like we got more casting for the uh making of the Godfather film. Yeah. El Fanning. Yeah. Joining Oscar Isaac and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. That's uh that's a cast. Yeah. I like I know I've watched the Godfather trilogy, but it would have been so long ago that I honestly like couldn't even tell you like marquee points from that film. Yeah, I think I'm the same. Like it's yeah, probably it like would... twelve years ago I watched it. Oh, at least like there was like in high school, which would have been fifteen plus years ago at this point for me. Yeah, I remember like having like a little spree where it was like Godfather and Goodfellas and Taxi oh, yeah. and. But I just vaguely recall like any of those films. But seeing this, I feel like after I watch this making of The Godfather with all these people, it's going to inspire me to rewatch The Godfather trilogy. Yeah, me too, probably. So like I like I know we've talked about this project before, but like I'm was the making of The Godfather like was there a bunch of like bullshit around it that made it like a super compelling story or something like I'm. I don't know. I honestly, I honestly don't know. Other than the fact that like it was strategically set up where they like filmed it like years apart so that like the actors could like actually age and stuff like that. Yeah. And like the only thing it says here is like the film depicts the chaotic behind the scenes drama it took to make The Godfather. So I'm guessing there's got to be something chaotic and dramatic enough that would warrant someone going, hey, let's, uh, Let's make a behind the scenes about this. Yeah, which that if you, all the people that are signed on to this, like, there's got to be something to it, because like Jake Gyllenhaal and Oscar Isaac don't just take projects to take them. No, so it's like yeah. like Al, Al, even Elle Fanning. Like, I mean, if you like, like, look at her credentials or her credits. I guess would be the better term. Yeah. It's not like she's just signing on to like money making blockbusters, right? Like she's pretty selective and only takes on stuff that she finds interest in. Yeah. It'll be I'm curious because I never even like bothered to look up like the backstory of it. The no. only the only movie that I ever recall like being like an utter shit show during filming would be uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, which is I guess like the quintessential one, right? Yeah. But No, I'm all right with this like I kind of any of these like true life behind the scenes stories like if they're done well i'll eat them up so Mm -hmm. i mean yeah Hmm. and then we got uh new hbo max show with uh josh holloway which people will know him from lost yes which i still haven't watched yeah it's it's a big commitment I I want to. I I I really do want to. It's a big commitment because it's like 
eight or nine seasons and they're all 24 like 22 episodes so it's yeah at an hour long a piece like oh my lanta yeah it's it was kind of like the peak of like kind of prime time network stuff or like that was when some of it was really good you know of course there is some more shit filler in in any 22 episode series right but mm-hmm. but there's a lot of really good stories um in it so apparently he's he's also in that yellowstone show but which is another one i've been meaning to check out but yeah i still also just haven't gotten around to it yeah so it looks like i'm tr- so this is a uh, kind of a western series in the night or not western 1970s and it explores the life of a getaway driver for a growing crime syndicate which that could be all right yeah that might not be bad westerns don't really do it for me which no, is no, like one of the not, reasons sorry it's not a western i thought it was a western cuz it was called duster but it's like a 1970s so 70s era 1970s southwest yeah okay should have uh just read on a little bit more yeah but i'm all right with this yeah well it's and it's abrams bad robot right yeah so and i mean hbo max is like they need some tv shows on there which they're developing right but it's they need to start filling it out with not just movies right yeah for sure and i think this is this is all right i like him i haven't really seen him in much lately so good for him Mm-hmm. i just need hbo max to release a standalone app in fucking canada and get off crave yeah well that won't happen because i think it was like a year ago that they re-signed their deal with crave so do you recall how long that deal was i i don't remember but yeah i'm on hbo like you don't need bell (laughs) no i i i and this is just personal opinion but i would imagine that far more people would be inclined to subscribe to hbo max and they would boost their subscriber count and make more money off of a standalone HBO Go in Canada. Yeah. As opposed to partnering with Crave. Because, like, I mean, I have it just because I'm stupid, but I know lots of people who, like, want to watch HBO shows and don't simply for the fact that they don't want to pay 15 bucks for HBO, but have to pay, like, the $10 entry fee with Crave just to pay the 15 bucks to get HBO. Yeah. Like, that's a big freaking commitment. Yeah. Yeah, basically, and, like unless it's integrated into your cable plan, mm-hmm. like it 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 doesn't really make sense unless that's the only streaming thing you're going to use, and maybe tack on the Showtime with it. But yeah, which they charge extra for too. Like if yeah. you go into Crave, if you want HBO, that's an extra like fifteen. If you want Showtime Stars, that's an extra ten. Yeah, on top of like the ten or fifteen it costs for Crave. Like it, uh, I don't know it. I crave must be paying them like bell media must be paying them a boatload of money to have this like deal. Cause if you look at like craves original stuff, aside from letter Kenny, they don't really have anything. No. And if you like go through their library, like the stuff that you would watch is usually HBO or stars or showtime. And the rest is just like old stuff that they pick up. Yeah. 
It was like a, a really old back catalog. Yeah. And another minor annoyance about Crave is for some reason there's no Apple TV integration. <laughs> of course. Which, like, I don't know why it bothers me, but now that I'm running an iPad for work, <laughs> Apple TV, man, like, not like Apple TV, like their original programming and TV shows and stuff, but their Apple TV app that yeah. they have. If you log in, like, if you download the Netflix app, the Amazon app, like all the other stuff, mm-hmm. you can go into Apple TV and it'll be like, hey, do you want to link these? And if, oh. you go, if you go yes, then if you open up Apple TV, you can browse all of your Amazon, all of your Netflix, like all of that stuff shows up in the Apple TV app. So like everything is consolidated into one and you don't need to like switch apps to look for shows. You can just do it all in there. Yeah. Which I honestly, I absolutely love. Yeah, me too. My, uh, my Shield TV does that on its dashboard. Like it'll pull everything in. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's nice to have, like, just one curated place. Yeah, like, I know what you're talking about, because, like, I have the shield upstairs in the living room, too. But, like, I feel like this integration is, like, a little more in-depth than that. Like, all that stuff shows up on your dashboard on the shield, and you can kind of, like, thumb through and stuff like that. But I don't know, it's, like, when you open up Apple TV, like, the way it all amalgamates together, you, it's, like, if you type something or click something, like, half the time, I don't even know if it's coming off of Netflix or Prime. Oh, okay. Like, it's, like thoroughly integrated as if oh, it's like yeah, an yeah. all-in-one app okay pretty impressive yeah yeah there's something to be said about that yeah so hopefully hbo gets their shit together on talk on like while we're on the topic of streaming platforms and like bullshit it looks like wwe will need to subscribe to peacock starting yeah. next month if you're a network user yeah so like we had talked about this whenever yeah. they inked that deal and at the time we thought it was like there would just be stuff on Peacock, but people would still like do the WWE network like thing that they have. But apparently they're just like straight up like, no, if you want to watch anything, WWE pay Peacock. Yeah, I didn't, I don't get that. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to look back and see what it costs to be, uh, excuse me, a WWE network, like what that price was. It's 10 bucks a month. According to this article. Okay, well, that's. And so if, if you pay five bucks for Peacock, you get all of that stuff, but with ads. Yeah. Or you pay 10 bucks for Peacock Premium, no ads, you get all the WWE stuff, plus yeah. you get all the Peacock stuff. So that's actually not bad. No, that's actually not the worst deal in the world. No, because like, now like you're going to pay that 10 bucks anyway. You still get your WWE stuff, but now you yeah. get all of the bullshit stuff that Peacock's trying to pull. Yeah. Like yeah, Frogger. Like- yeah. Yeah, when I first read this headline, I was like, oh, it looks like the uh the WWE fans got it real dirty. And then I was like, okay, well, if you're just actually paying the same, yeah. you're just getting additional stuff. Like that's actually a pretty good deal. Yeah. So I retract my previous tangent. Yeah. So, I guess that's a win for WWE fans, but hey, watch The Office after wrestling. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but, but I bet those audiences maybe aren't the same. I'm guessing probably not, but I mean, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got to do something to get users in, and that's a decent-sized fan base to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Then we got uh, Elizabeth Banks has uh, got her next directing gig. 
that is based on cocaine smuggling and a bear. The movie called Cocaine Bear. Which... Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Yeah, so it's like they pitch it as like a character-driven thriller inspired by true events that took place in Kentucky in 1985. Which... Yeah, like, well, reading on, like, I mean, this seems like a wild story, but like you could sum it up in a paragraph, which they pretty much did. Yeah. Some dude is smuggling cocaine and he parachutes down and he drops a bunch of coke that he was smuggling and a bear, bear. fucking eats it all and dies. Yeah. I I don't know how you turn this into a character-driven thriller. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, sure, go for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like Elizabeth Banks and Bill Lord and Chris Miller are also a part of this, so they're good. So maybe it'll be kind of one of those like wild, like true stories that has like that kind of uh, like true life kind of comedy thing. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Like <laughs> it's it's not going to be high on my like watch out for this film when it comes out list. But no, I'm intrigued because. Yes, I mean, like, again, this is just, like, one of those stories. Like I said, you just summed it up in a fucking paragraph. So how do you turn this into a 90-minute movie Yeah, and call it character-driven? I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. really follow, but... Yeah. But sure. Me, me neither, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> hmm. All right, well, this is something I actually am pseudo-excited about. 50 yeah. Cent's Black Mafia Family... Just added Snoop Dogg, Lala Anthony, and Soraya to their uh, new Stars drama. Yeah. I had uh, no idea that this project existed until I mm -hmm. read this. And then I was like, just coming hot off of, uh, oh God, why can't I think of the name? Power. Yes. Uh, power. And mm -hmm. really digging that. Like, give me another like 50 Cent-esque kind of mobster rap show. Fuck yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, like I, I like fucking Snoop Dogg. So yeah, I, who doesn't? I'm just I'm I'm still kind of floored about like how amazing Power turned out to be. Yeah, like I never would have expected that, and like I like Fifty Cent and all. Yeah, me too. But like, I don't know. Like you, if you would ask me ten years ago, you're like, yeah, one day Fifty Cent's going to be like involved in all these television projects that are going to be like amazing drama series. Yeah, I would have been like. 50 cent like get rich or die trying 50 cent that fucking rapper is gonna be like blowing up the television screen get the fuck out of here yeah yeah and but i think here we are yeah and i think we talked about it with power like i think power was in that weird like limbo state kind of like what uh banshee on hbo was where it's like this hidden gem but no one heard about it so no one watched it i think mm. like i think it was kind of one of those cases where it's like it's quietly an amazing show but like people just don't know it exists right i don't i'm i'm starting and i'm more inclined to think that like people up here don't know it, it exists right and maybe that's because it's all the layer of bullshit to watch something on stars in canada yeah well because like even if you have like any one of the 
cable or satellite providers. Like I don't recall ever seeing the Stars Channel, right? Uh, it might be in Crave. And I know you can subscribe to the Stars Channel. Yeah, we're talking streaming, but like I'm talking like straight up like oh, cord based like satellite TV or like cable TV. Oh, yeah. Right? Like I've like I've had most of them at one point or another and I never I don't ever recall seeing or having the option to pay for having the Stars network on my on my satellite box or on my cable box. I always thought it uh, it came with like the HBO Showtime package, but I could be wrong. At one point it did, but it was like you had two or three HBOs and then you had the Stars, they were like more or less film channels. Oh, okay. And yeah. I don't know, maybe that's changed because I cut the cord a long time ago, but... Yeah, me too, like I... But like, you know, down in the States when you have like all those big players like Stars and Dish Network and stuff like that, like, I would imagine it's more prominent there. Yeah. So maybe that's but, where the audience is and just kind of up here in Gooseland, no one's heard about it. Yeah. So, but yeah, hmm. I, I'm totally down for the show, like, give me anything more in the vein of like power. And I'm like down for it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And they even got uh, that girl from Power is in this too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then in British TV news, which you probably won't give a fuck about. Not even a little bit. Nope. But uh, Paul Bettany and Claire Foy are going to be. Uh, doing uh, a british season two of scandal which i've never watched but because i never heard about it till now but now i probably will <laughs> yeah i'm sure this just gets you right excited yeah like i had never heard about this show and i'm like ooh, do i have a new british tv show to to watch and i think i do yeah well, <laughs> let me know how that goes <laughs> <laughs> i don't know there's just something about the british television i don't know it's it's an acquired taste it, like I think it's one of those things that like you're down for or you're just like man what the fuck is this yeah it just never struck a chord with me but I will say like it it did not take very long for my fiance to completely demolish every episode of the crown beautiful and now, then she got like she didn't go like right into the British television like she, she I was like oh so what's next Downton Abbey and she's like no not a chance oh. but she was on like a Royals kick so oh, there was like yeah. another one on Netflix that was like a four part mini series about like Princess Die and there's like a new one now mm-hmm. that's about Princess Die and like her best friend that's kind of like a documentary that she's like dying to see. She's like right into the whole royal family stuff now. Oh, so it's more so the royalty stuff, not the British TV stuff. Yeah. I oh, think okay. I think it's more the royal stuff. But she she did enjoy the crown and like she burned it like every <laughs> episode, like in a matter of like two weeks or something. Nice. It's a good show. I'll have to take your word for it because it's not on my list of things to watch. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, really <laughs> much more to this other than looks like I have some more British TV. Good luck with that. Yeah. Looks like Michael B. Jordan is going to be directing Creed 3. Yeah. Which I'm not going to lie. I don't. I never saw Creed or Creed They're- 2. They're really good, and like a, oh god, I think it was like months ago we had talked about like Tessa Thompson. There was a new story where she did an interview that like let it slip that he was doing it, mm-hmm. 
but it was never like officially kind of announced. Yeah. And now it is. So I don't know that that is just like another genre that I don't know is never really like I've watched like the Rocky series, like yeah. the originals. Right. Yeah. And like they were, they were fine and all I, I personally didn't think they were like mind blowing or right revolutionary or anything like that. And there's just something about boxing films. The only one that I actually enjoyed was Southpaw. But yeah. I think that partly lends to, I was super hyped when I heard that like Eminem was actually supposed to originally play the role. Right. And then backed out and I'm a huge Jake Gyllenhaal fan. So I was like, yep. I'm gonna watch this anyway. Yep. But that's about the only like boxing film that I can think of where I was like, yeah, I thoroughly in- enjoyed that from start to finish. That was amazing. Yeah. And, and see, I'm like boxing is my favorite sport because I used to do it for a long time. So like, that's why I love it. But so, Fair. so yeah, I've watched all of the Creed ones and I actually think they're actually really good. Like they did a really good job of like turning the Rocky franchise into this new modern day thing with modern people. So, and I think having him direct the third one, I think is a great idea because it's a franchise he's familiar with. Yeah. Right. Ryan Coogler and Stallone are still going to be involved. So he's got two really good like director vets that he can kind of like get coached. Yeah. So I think like this is probably the smartest way he could get into directing. This isn't his first one though, is it? I thought he directed something else. I could be wrong. This is saying it's making his direct directorial debut. So I don't think he has done anything else. Oh, maybe I just misheard that. Unless he did something small. Maybe. But maybe. Yeah, I think this is. Uh... Yeah, he's done video shorts and he's directed a few oh. TV series episodes. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, without remorse. We talked about that at one point. That that was that he was directing without remorse. What? I'm pretty sure we talked about that. I remember at one point we were talking about him directing something, and it wasn't Creed Three. I'm just pulling up without remorse. No, he definitely didn't direct without remorse. Oh, you, I, I'm on his IMDb, and if you click director, oh, never mind. It's at the bottom. That was just he was in without remorse. I stand uh, corrected. <laughs> That's early in the morning. But, All right then. But yeah, I think this is. Uh, I think this is a smart play for him, like wanting to get into directing because it's he's got all the right tools, you know, on this to be successful at it, right? Mm-hmm. That's to lean on and a franchise that he stars in and is very familiar with, right? So I think this is, I think it's a no brainer. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm sure he'll do good at it. Like, I mean, he's a, he's a great actor and he seems like the kind of guy that like puts in the work. Like, you know, you have those actors that they show up and they act. Yep. But then it seems you have like those people who are actors who like, you just can tell that they go above and beyond and they like pay attention and they like try to be involved and get the bigger picture. He, he definitely strikes me as one of those guys. Yep. Seems like he's definitely in, in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. So no, I'm excited for this cause I really like those first two Creed movies. So yeah. Uh, 
And then Mission Impossible 7 added a bunch of cast. Yeah, quite quite a few people. Yeah, that uh, lady from Game of Thrones. What's her name? I don't remember who she plays in Game of Thrones, to be completely honest. Uh, she was one of the... Uh, like the princesses that gets locked up? Mm. It reminds me of that one, like, that, that storyline involving, like, the Viper. Yeah, so she's, like, their mom. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but... Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, there's really not really too much to this other than, hey, they're filling out that cast. Yeah, I really just want this movie to come out. Yeah, me too. Like, right now. I'm tired of waiting. Yeah, I'm with you there. Because those Mission Impossible 7 movies have just... They keep getting good. Like, they're consistently great. Like, these new ones, so... Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, I'm all down for it. Yeah, it should be a good film. Yeah. I don't think they they announced if they're playing like who who they're playing like maybe if they're villains or not, but I don't know. Isn't the new villain supposed to be Rami Malek? No, that's James Bond. He's right. the villain. I'm getting my spy movies confused. Fair enough. There's a lot of them. Which is another movie that like come on. Yeah. Let's, let's fucking go already. Especially cuz that one was in that weird state where, like, it was done, right? So it's like they, they didn't have to do any more work to it. Yeah, there's a couple movies that, like, unfortunately due to COVID keep getting, like, pushed and delayed and moved around, and that's one that I'm like, come on, like, I just want to fucking see this already. Yeah. That and uh, Free Guy. Right. Which I just saw they they have a quote-unquote official release date for it now which is like august something 21st or 31st or something yeah it seems like a lot of the release dates are kind of getting thrown into this summer because it seems like maybe theaters will be good to go in the summer but hopefully i'm not holding my breath quite yet no me neither so yeah so mcmillions the guys who directed that got a new apple tv series yeah. Where they're doing a documentary about the Pepsi fighter jet. Yeah. And I am excited for this. Yeah, me too. Like, yeah. Super excited about this. Like, I don't know the whole, whole story. Like, me? I remember hearing about it, you know, throughout my years, but I don't really know, like, all the background and, like, what ended up happening to it. But, like, the gist of it is when Pepsi had their like campaign where you collect the bottle caps or whatever, you could trade it in. They basically were like, yeah, if you trade this many, we'll give you a jet. And some dude actually managed to collect that many Pepsi points. 7 million to be exact. Yeah. And had to take Pepsi to court because they wouldn't give him a jet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this seems like right up their alley. Yeah. Well, cause McMillions was amazing. Like what a wild yeah. story that was. Yeah. And like, I, I went into that show like blind, like thinking like, oh, this like, that's a ridiculous story. Like, how is this going to be good? And then I watched it and I was like, that's one of the best ones I've seen. Like, it was just crazy. Um, so, yeah, like if they're doing another show, Ella, kind of that, fuck, take my money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course. 
So yeah, this that'll be good. Yeah, very excited for that one. Yeah, good job, Apple TV. Yeah, you finally got something that I'm actually dying to see. <laughs> yep. I don't think they gave a release date for this, do they? I don't believe so, no. Seems like it's early production. Yeah. But it'll be good nonetheless. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because McMillions was amazing. And I think part of that was some of the real life people were like ridiculous in that. Like yeah. specifically that one young FBI agent that like. <laughs> he was like, over the top. Yeah, I just remember my favorite part is like when he faxed the whole uh, fucking case file to the news station by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. Does he still work for the FBI? Like, I imagine oh. after that documentary, like, if I was the FBI, I'd be like, yeah, this is that type of stuff where, like, when you do stupid shit in the public eye, we have to let you go because it's embarrassing. I think he is. I think he still is because I think, like, despite that, he he's actually, like, very good at his job. He just kind of is maybe a little bit gung-ho. Yeah. <laughs> but good at his job nonetheless. But, yeah. that That FBI agent made that docuseries like amazing just because of his fucking attitude right mm -hmm. so I'm curious if with this show are they going to like is it going to be they like hire actors to reenact it or are they going to like do the docuseries thing and interview people involved yeah I, like I'm curious I yeah I don't know Right. I'm, either way, I'm I'm freaking excited. Yeah. So. And then we got uh, so an AMC uh, drama just cast Lucy Hale, and it's uh, one of their new drama series, which seems all right. Yeah, I'm 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 slightly intrigued by this. Yeah. Hopefully this is like something AMC can like get back on that riveting drama that yeah. they used to be known for. Yeah, me before too. Before Walking Dead took like a massive shit on everything. Yeah, because like the tagline is like, this is a six episode season. It's like an a murder investigation of like a bunch of people, which reminds me of like that other AMC cop show, uh, The Killing, which mm -hmm. I loved. Like if they can get back to like good detective stuff like that like sign me right up yeah that was a good series so like give me something like that i mean i'll i'll take it all day long because give me a good like kind of cop detective show and it'll fill that like true detective void that is still missing yeah so and i mean good for her like she came what has she been in has she done anything like kind of serious uh, the last one I saw her in was that Fantasy Island movie. Yeah. Which I honestly her. didn't mind. Oh, okay, yeah. So it seems like she's kind of done some horror stuff. Mm -hmm. And then some TVs, so. Yeah, because she was Pretty Little Liars, I believe, was the show yeah. she was on. Yeah. So, I mean, good for her for kind of, like, taking on, like, a more kind of serious one. Kind of stretch your legs in that genre. Yeah. Because you... I mean, if you keep doing the TV and then, like, horror stuff, right? Like, that's all you're going to end up doing, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so good for her for 
extending her range a little bit. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm I'm actually looking forward to that one. Yeah. I just love like the weird crime shit, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I really hope AMC gets back to making good dramas and not just like, hey, here's another Walking Dead spin-off. Cuz like I don't want that. Yeah, no, like Walking Dead started off like so promising. It was so good and then Yeah. just became absolutely trashy yeah because like you think of like the first half of walking dead it was like in that like game of thrones territory where like it it didn't matter who you were you were watching it Mm -hmm. and then like look at it now who's talking about you know the series finale no one (laughs) oh i didn't even like i'm so far removed from that show i didn't even know it officially ended i don't know if it's ended or if it is ending soon Mm. but it's one of the two but like yeah yeah that's how far removed i am from that (laughs) me too but i think that was our last news story i think that was it yeah and then we watched a couple of things yeah the expanse oh no Well, yes, I started watching The Expanse. Oh, Murder Among the Mormons. I was looking yes. at the wrong one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's this is uh, kind of a Netflix cru- uh, true crime doc that's on there. Yeah, I've, I've seen it on like my Netflix homepage. Yeah. And I was going to click it. And then, I don't know, I just got busy and didn't end up watching it. Fair enough. It, I think it's a short one. I think it's only like four episodes. Um, But it's pretty crazy. Like, it's... So it centers around uh, this dude that uh, started off selling like rare documents, like religious documents to the Mormons for like pretty big bank. And it kind of like starts off on like this guy's like kind of the the guy if you want to find like religious documents. And uh, it starts off and then a bunch of like people surrounding this document dealing uh, get bombs delivered to them and fucking like three people get blown up like simultaneously. Jesus. Yeah. And then it goes down this like, and I don't know how much you want me to say, like if you're going to watch it. Um, well, but, it's, a, it's a true story thing. So, I mean, I yeah, like that's really like, can't really no spoilers that fair enough. So anyway, um, it turns out that this, document dealer has been forging the documents since he started and it goes down and tells the story about how he became one of the most like best forgers of like not just mormon documents but like other documents as well like he had done like hundreds to make like a shit ton of money like in the states Mm -hmm. to the point that like he was getting them appraised by like the best of the best and they were like being like, yeah, this is legit. And it wasn't until the crime investigation and like one FBI like document specialist that like set out to prove that this was false. And like, it's kind of crazy, like how good he was at it. And mm-hmm. then like when he kind of started getting caught, that's when he decided to blow a bunch of people up. But, but yeah, it was a, yeah, it was actually like a pretty fascinating story of like this guy that, forged a bunch of documents and like 
how good he did it like to the point that like he developed this method of making the ink look cracked um like it had been cracked you know over like hundreds of years that like no one could like they couldn't figure out how he was doing it like he developed this like proprietary fucking con artist thing of like forging the documents that no one could tell apart like it was kind of crazy hmm. yeah and it kind of goes down that like i found that part more fascinating than like the bombing aspect of it but but yeah it's like a solid i think it's like four episodes i think hmm. well maybe i'll expedite that on my documentary list yeah it's a nice quick watch and it's uh it's decent it was uh i just kind of clicked it out of nowhere because i was like hmm what is this? And then, yeah, it actually turned out to be like quite the story. So, hmm. all right then. But yeah. Well, speaking of documentaries, remember the other week we were talking about the Silk Road. Yes. And how that guy was the same guy who did the Seven Five, and I listened to, him, I heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he was recanted that story that he told, where he went to like meet some dude named Tarzan. Yeah, like yeah. smuggled himself into a Panamanian prison. Yes. So I actually watched that Operation Odessa documentary okay. and holy fuck, it's wilder than I <laughs> even thought, man. Like really? it, it is wild. And like actually like seeing this Tarzan guy yeah. and like listening to like him tell his story and stuff like that. It just, oh my God. And I, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I was so captivated by hearing like this whole story that I was like super excited to watch this documentary. But like, even with all my like excitement, when I actually sat down and watched it, like it still blew me away. Like I was just, oh, really? Lord, it's wild. It is absolutely wild from start to fucking finish. Huh? And like, he, interestingly enough in the documentary, cause it's not like a series, like this one's like an hour and a half. Film, right documentary film he doesn't actually like talk about how he met tarzan or how he like met any of these people like he just does it like a documentary where he's interviewing these people but if you recall i was telling you how while he was like interviewing this tarzan guy he was asking if he would ever be able to interview the other guy who like made off with the money that's like an international criminal on the fbi most wanted list and he ended up getting a phone call and was told to like fly down to Africa and like jumped in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini outside. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And ended up getting taken to like a secret hidden airstrip with a jet with a bunch of money in it. Right. Yeah. So like he doesn't tell you that part of how he, you know, that have how it led up to him actually interviewing this guy, but he does interview this guy. Okay. And sure as shit, like all the parts where he's interviewing this guy is in the back of a private jet. Huh. So, like, knowing some of the backstory, I think, is like makes it a little more interesting. Cause, like, I, if you listen to him on Joe Rogan or you like done, did it, if you do any research, you kind of like hear the wild story of how he got to like interview these people. And honestly, I think he could almost do a whole nother documentary on how he made this documentary. Cause, like, that in itself is, is a wild story. But, like, right. The film itself, like you, you'd, I don't know, you'd have to watch it. It's so fucking wild, man. Yeah, I've been meaning to check it out ever since you mentioned it, but like I, just I haven't I, for some reason. I can't do it justice. 
Huh. Like the, the whole gist of the story is like this Tarzan dude, right? Like just to recap for, for like anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about, like the whole backstory or the gist of this is this guy Tarzan was like a Ukrainian or Russian guy and he was involved with the mafia or the mob or whatever in New York, then decides he's going to move down to uh, Miami and like start a strip club and then kind of continues on with his shady ways and he ends up hooking up with this one dude who's like not a criminal per se. He does some shady shit, but he's like, he was the go-to guy in Miami if you wanted like exotic sports cars that you couldn't get in America or like any other weird stuff. Like he was the pro- procurement specialist. Oh, okay. Like if you wanted a, a, a million dollar cigar boat, he could get you one. If you wanted this like limited edition Lamborghini that they only made 10 of, he could get you one. Like he oh, okay. was that go-to guy. So him and Tarzan end up hooking up and start like, getting all these different things for people and this all takes place like right at the fall of the soviet union so they have one guy who's like part of a colombian cartel who ends up like meeting them in this like strip club that this tarzan guy owns right and basically is like yeah we want some like helicopters like that can carry stuff like like the helicopters that use the wire and like can carry big loads and stuff so they end up him and tarzan end up going to russia and like right at the fall of the Soviet Union, there's like no real leadership or like power. It's yeah. kind of like this weird point in time where nobody knows kind of like who's in charge or what they should be doing. Yeah. So they meet with some like Russian military guys and stuff. And they're like, yeah, we want to buy some some of these like specialty helicopters. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So they buy a couple of them. And then someone's like, oh, well, we want this other stuff. So they end up doing all these like different trips to Russia and buying all these vehicles and helicopters and motorbikes and blah, blah, blah. And then they end up hooking up with this other dude and his name escapes me. But he was like a big time, basically smuggler. Okay. Or who like a smuggler for hire. Okay. Like drugs, weapons, all that kind of stuff. And he ends up like meeting them at a strip club and they all three of them kind of hit it off. And then. The Colombian cartels, like, yeah, we want a submarine. So the three of them go to Russia and like negotiate with like the former Soviet Union military to buy a nuclear submarine <laughs> and end up like actually securing a deal. And the uh, deal was like, hey, 10 million up front so they know you're serious. And then another 10 million as we like travel this submarine down to Colombia. And then another 10 million when you get it. And so the Colombians give them 10 million and the smuggler guy ends up taking that 10 million and just fucking pieces out. Oh shit. Yeah. So like he's, he's interviewing him and like, I don't know you, the the dynamics, like when you actually like see these guys on camera and they're like telling their side of the story and stuff. Yeah. They're just a wild bunch of guys, man. Oh yeah. Of course. And the, this like international drug smuggler who, as far as I know, is still on the run from the FBI. Like he's still on the FBI's list. I mean, I could be wrong. I haven't, looked into it since watching this documentary right but like when you see him and like in his like bespoke suit and like the slicked back hair and stuff like that you're like yeah that's that's kind of my idea of like a international fugitive like a real badass who's like on top of everything yeah some like real miami vice looking motherfucker that's yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) yeah but you, you just You'd have to watch it because the way they talk about each other, like, I don't think any of them are like necessarily still in contact with each other anymore. Yeah. But like, even though like all this wild shit happened and the one guy's on the run from the FBI, the other guy's like still in the US and he 
served like some jail time or whatever and Tarzan fled to Panama, ended up in jail and then managed to escape and is now back in Russia. They all talk very fondly of each other. Oh, right. and, like the way that they tell their stories, it, it's as if they're like it's as, it's as if they're recalling some like funny stories that three best friends in high school had. Right. Like it's 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 something else. Yeah, I that's been on my list and I think it just like you're kind of talking super high about it. Like, I think I need to bump that up because I've I've told several people because when we watched it, me and the fiance, we saw that it was uh, like it had one of those things at the top on Netflix. That's like only on Netflix for another three weeks or disappearing off Netflix March something. Oh, right, right. So I told a bunch of like people that I work with and stuff when they're like, yeah, I don't know what to watch. I'm like, you should check this out. It's fucking wild. And everyone I've told to watch it so far was like, holy shit, man, that's insane. Yeah, it seems like kind of similar to uh, what was that Saudi one? The Dissident. Yes. We're like, even like you explained the whole story to me and like you kind of know that going in, but then you watch it and you're like still like that is insane. Yeah. Like it kind of seems like one of those where it's like even going in, knowing the story, like just witnessing it yourself is like, okay, that's insane. So yes, very, very similar. You'll go in and when you do watch it and we talk about it next time, you'll be like, holy fuck, that's wild. Yeah. I think I need to check it out. Mm -hmm. Huh? So it's not, is it not on Netflix anymore? Uh, I would have to check. I know it was leaving by the end of March. So I'm okay, not. It's, it's still on. I just looked at it, so I don't know for how much longer. Yeah, that I'm not entirely sure about. Oh, March 31st. Yeah. So three days. On. Yeah. But, huh. Crazy. Yeah. Wild. Absolutely uh, wild. I will add that to the list. And then, yeah, the only other thing is I finally watched like the season or series finale of WandaVision. Okay. I enjoyed it. It was good. Yeah. I liked how that all wrapped up and yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I really liked WandaVision and I think it's, it told a great story of like kind of her dealing with grief mm-hmm. in a great way. Like yeah. it, it didn't focus so much on like the typical Marvel, like here's your bad guy, here's your action set pieces. Like it had some of that, but like it kind of went a different way. Yeah, and I really dug that. So yeah, I was it. It started off slow, and I wasn't digging it for the first couple episodes, but it definitely gradually stepped up, and I got I got right into it by the end. Yeah, so good job. Like if this is a preview of how the rest of these Marvel series are going to go, then I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. I'm like, uh, with the Marvel TV, like WandaVision obviously started off super strong. And like, even if I, I think too, like the star Wars TV shows, like their original kind of like Marvel and star Wars TV shows are like really knocking it out of the park for people. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where it's like, this is really good quality that rivals the quality of the movies, right? Just on a smaller scale. So, like, it's kind of crazy how they're... And it's not surprising. I mean, it's Disney. They've been knocking out of the park with this stuff for a while. But... Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, I like that show. And it kind of sets her rep for... Because I think she's going to be in the Doctor Strange movie. 
I I believe so. Yeah, so I think this maybe sets up like I wonder if part of that Doctor Strange movie is like her going to him and being like, yo, can you like help me out with like me figuring out that I'm a witch? Right? Yeah. Which I think that's cool. You know, that kind of team up would mm-hmm. be hey okay in my books. So Yeah, big things to come. I'm I'm nothing but excited for all yeah. the future Marvel stuff that's happening. Yeah, me too. So Yeah, yeah. but that's didn't have a whole lot of time to watch a whole lot, so that's really all I got in this week. Yeah, and I've been like I have a two like kind of weekly shows that I keep up with, which is Still Walker for some reason. Um and then for all mankind, which is still going awesome. But Yeah, still haven't still haven't taken the time to check that one out yet, but maybe one day. Yeah, and it's it's a slower burn, so it like it's one of those ones that I find like it it it's slowly it's a slow burn up until like kind of the last few episodes and that's when I guess like the pinnacle kind of set pieces come out. Mm-hmm. But leading up to that is like really good writing and really good like character drama that like is surprisingly like very well done. Yeah. And then you have this like kind of event at the end of the series, which they're leading up to maybe like some conflict on the moon with weapons, which will be kind of rad. So but yeah, it's cool. All right. Well, I guess on that note, that's where we're end uh, in this one. Sounds good. I'll catch you on the next one. Later.